As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the best podcast you've ever heard. Today, we're going to hear from Rachel. Hello, honor students with imposter syndrome. Welcome back to Hyperfocus. It's going to be a great day here. Is it going to be a great day, Rachel? Um. <laughs> okay, so you know what? today's topic is going to be uh it's going to be pretty macabre okay Uh, it it might get a little bit gruesome listeners we hope you didn't come here to be happy (laughs) why would you do that i mean at this point i feel like you guys know you're gonna get into some weird stuff here that's fair yeah that's true so before we get into that though i will give you a a little primer Mm -hmm. um that is very happy okay this is not something for you but this is for something for you to see and enjoy i'm excited to see and enjoy it Hang on, I'm going to take my headphones off for a second. Rachel, what's your crown for? <laughs> so, this crown, mm-hmm. um, I got it in the mail today. Uh-huh. My mom bought it for me. After the Viking episode? She <laughs> bought it while she was listening to that episode. That's so cute, actually. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? It's, like, it's a nice crown. We'll post a picture of it to our Instagram story. I was totally wearing it like while prepping this very dark episode. Good. I'm very happy about it. I'm so happy for um, you, honestly. If I could wear my headphones and the crown at the same time, I would. I just I want know you, you to would. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take it off with my headphones back on. It made my day. Yeah. Well, now my glasses are all off. So now I have a crown to pass down to my future children. All I'm missing is a sword from a grave. Yeah, yeah, and children, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, I, never mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, you know, speaking of graves, mm-hmm. let's talk about death. Real quick, do you have any apologies? Or are we <gasps> skipping that today? <laughs> I was so excited about the crown and death that I almost forgot about the apologies. Well, it's okay if you don't have any apologies. I know I did great. No, no, no. I have them. Don't worry. Oh, no. I'm going to actually try to keep our eight-second apologies to eight seconds today. Are you really, Rachel? I am, because I got a lot of important stuff to get through today. Well, I'm glad and you only I have eight really, seconds. No, 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 no. It's not that. I oh. just, I don't want to give you a lot of airtime on my episode, okay? Oh, okay. So, shh, shh. Let me get into it. First of all, I'm very sorry that Lauren set me up to make a joke about a human blender, and I would also really like to apologize for Lauren basically saying that a massive tragedy wasn't actually a tragedy because more people died on the Titanic. Wow. You pretty much did. I appreciate that you took some of those eight seconds to roast yourself. Like, I really appreciate no, that use of your no. time. No, like, I, I know for a fact that you said that just so I would make myself look bad. 
you set me up for that joke. You made the choice in what you said. I mean, it, it was a great joke and I played it well, <laughs> but you wanted me to look bad. It didn't, it didn't go as you planned. You're I, welcome, readers. Readers? readers <laughs> listeners. I would also like to apologize <laughs> that Lauren doesn't know what a podcast is. Okay. Listeners. There you go. <laughs> that's a start. Well, now that that's out of the way, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about the Manene ritual. Ooh. This is a ritual where people exhume, mm-hmm. groom, and even live with the dead bodies of their loved ones. That sounds like the kind of festival you'd be into. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll talk about that at the end. All right. In the mountains of South Sulawesi, Indonesia, there is an indigenous people group, uh, which I will be referring to as the Torajans. Okay. Um, there's literally no evidence on how to actually pronounce this. How Every- much time? Everyone says it differently. How much time too much did time. you spend? Okay. I spent too much time looking mm. for a credible source mm. on this. There's nothing. Everyone says it differently. So it's, I, you know what? I'm probably even going to say four different things throughout the, the episode, but... You're going to have to deal with it. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, let's. So this is a fairly large people group. It's about 1.1 million people. They have a lot of interesting culture and art and customs, but perhaps what is the most interesting or what they are at least uh, best known for mm-hmm. is their funeral rites. Ooh. Mm-hmm. When a person dies, their body is wrapped in cloth and mummified with a solution of formaldehyde and water. Okay. And are that- those traditional like mummifying materials? Do you know? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> That's no. <fine. laughs> I don't have experience in mummification. To be honest, I was just curious how much you knew about mummies. I totally accept. <laughs> I don't know that much about mummies. That's honestly. good. That's comforting to me. We'll see how comforted you are at the end of this episode. All right. Um, so the body is wrapped in cloth and mummified, and then they are kept in a traditional ancestral home, which, you know, these are the houses that people that this um, group of people live in. They have these really like oversized kind of saddleback roofs Mm -hmm. with very ornate decorations and carvings. Oh, interesting. Um, We'll definitely have to put some pics on Instagram because those are cool. Definitely. And I prefer focus pod. Yes. Torajans generally belong to more than one house because they trace their lineage uh, bilaterally. Oh, interesting. So they trace both male and female sides of their lineage. I mean, that's right. And that's good. Yeah. It's almost like it makes sense. But the, the men tend to live in the wife's home after getting married. Good. Yes. As they should. Mm-hmm. And these houses are highly symbolic. So as a whole, they symbolize a Torajan's microcosm and their placement in the universe among the cosmos. Oh, that's really cool. They also represent their ancestral identity and serve as an important reminder of life, death, and life beyond death. Interesting. Okay. So there's like a ton of symbols that go with it, like the whole way from beginning to end um if i don't even know that they would really consider there being a beginning and an end but um like they bury the placentas on like one side of their house and like there's yeah there's there's a lot of that goes into it but i'm I'm not going to uh i'm not going to go too deep on it because that's that's just just a minor piece of this episode so after the loved one dies and they go through the mummification process Mm -hmm. which even that is like they don't even really fully go through the mummification process it's not not like traditionally like right you can still see like fully see the person it's not like they're okay. wrapped head to toe in cloth and you okay. can't see them um but after they do all this they place the body in their home and they live with the corpse of their loved one for days oh wow weeks mm. months okay sometimes even years that's really intense mm-hmm. in general the higher classes keep the corpse for a longer period of time 
Is that, does that have to do with the mummification process? Do you know? I'm getting there. Don't worry. All right. I'm just excited. The Torajans have a really interesting religion and culture Mm -hmm. uh, that is a mix of their traditional religion and Christianity. Oh, interesting. So they believe in God, but they also believe in worshiping the souls of their ancestors. Okay. Another way that this belief system plays out is that they believe that there is life beyond death, Mm. but in a slightly different way than traditional Christianity presents it. So they believe that the soul of their loved one lingers in their town until the funeral, and that what we would say is a dead body, they don't see that as a dead body. They see that as someone who is sick, and they also don't see that death is a sudden change, but Mm. they see it as a slow process. Oh, that's so interesting. So a dead physical body to them is not the end. Right. It's like they are approaching the next step. That kind of makes sense. Even just philosophically with like the decomposition process and that kind of right. thing. Like I can see how you would get there. Right. And for this reason, they uh, they feed the decaying bodies regularly. Oh. Like daily. Wow. Yes. Uh, and they regularly change their clothes. Okay. They also read Bible verses and pray with them every day until mm-hmm. the funeral, which they believe helps their loved one to pass on to the next stage of life. Interesting. Okay. Their funerals are extremely elaborate. And they are so important in this culture that they often last for a few days or more. And oh, wow. they are extremely expensive. So much so that people will literally, they will go into debt in order to provide what they deem a proper funeral. Oh, wow. That's intense. So is that like, is paying for that considered just part of honoring the loved one? Or is the point of that to help them to pass into the next it's, life peacefully? Or is it a combination? It's an honor and status thing. Okay. For sure. Okay. So a lower class family might pay around $50,000 oh, for wow. a funeral, and a higher class family could spend around $500,000. I would love to have $500,000 to spend on a funeral. That, I wouldn't spend it all on the funeral. I would just, just love to have it. That's why they go into debt. Like, yeah. <laughs> they I, don't all have that. I guess I'm theoretically capable of going $500,000 into debt, but... <laughs> You're very capable. <laughs> Because these funerals are so expensive, the family often waits for days, weeks, or even years after the death of their loved one before holding the funeral so that they can use that time to raise money for the funeral. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Part of keeping the body in the home is to raise money. And Mm -hmm. part of it is the more spiritual side of, you know, believing that they are helping pass them on and helping prepare them for the transition after, after life on earth. So it's a combination there. Similar to how long the family keeps the body, the length of the funeral is dependent upon the status and the wealth of the individual. Okay. Usually a funeral will last between a few days and a few weeks. I'd have like a three-hour funeral. (laughs) (laughs) You will. I'll ensure it. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I don't know how to feel about that. It's neutral and you can take it as you will. The extravagance of the funeral is also affected by the power and the social standing of the person who died. Mm Mm-hmm. So a nobleman might have a death feast that lasts for multiple days and have hundreds or even thousands of people attend. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. In fact, these funerals have become sort of like a a tourist attraction. Oof. Um, And it's not uncommon for tourists to join in on the funeral feast and the customs. Oh, interesting. Question, though. Do not many people die or do they not die very often? Because I feel like with having the really, really long funeral festivals, like it'd be hard to maintain like work. 
So a lot of these people live in small villages. So even if it's... Oh, so just be like the people of the village. Right. Okay. So even though it's a fairly large people group, a lot of them do live in smaller, pretty contained villages. Right. Um, I also... I think there's like a... uh, There's a certain time of year where they have most of the funerals. Oh, okay. So it's... uh, it's, Yeah, it's not unreasonable to have a couple of those a year. Um, But also like... You said oof when I said it's become a tourist attraction. They actually really welcome the tourists. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it it is cool. Like a lot of it is because they um they like having a lot of people there kind of strengthens the status. Oh, that actually makes a lot of, of sense. the person yeah. who has died, um, especially people who have traveled from afar. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that like I mean, who's who's to really say what these people feel other right. than these people, but. It does seem to kind of have a strengthening effect in their pride of their heritage. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, that like this is something that people value. Yeah. And that seems to be uh, pretty important to them as well. That's cool. So here's what a funeral generally entails for these people. The family of the deceased will prepare a ceremonial site in a large field and build rice barns, shelters for the attendees and other funeral structures. It's a lot less somber than Western funerals. Oh, that's really cool. So they, you will see a lot of, you know, people playing flutes, mm-hmm. dancing, uh, doing funeral chants, feasting and poetry, but also then you get the complete opposite end and you get like really loud crying and mm. wailing. So it's very emotional on yeah. both sides on the celebration of their life on earth and their future life. Right. But also uh, very emotional in their grievances. Right. Or in their grieving. Mm-hmm. When you said that tourists would come, the reason my brain went oof immediately is it made me think of this TikTok I saw today, Great. <laughs> which I'd new. seen on the internet before. But it was the person who went to a random funeral and then ended up dating like and marrying one of the, the dead attendees. guys. Like went to a random funeral, like oh, just it was like on a random son, day. Right? They didn't know the person that had died, and then they went to like the. It was the guy's fa- the guy's son is the one that um, she met and married. Ladies, you heard it here first. Drop Tinder and head to your local funeral home. Rachel, there's a graveyard across the street. <laughs> I'm not trying to go to it. I'm not trying to find a dead man. That's true. You could you could follow. Go they to tore the- down the funeral home here. Now oh. what do I do? Oh, that's also, true. Also, I really don't like how this podcast is just turning into <laughs> you telling me where to find men and what to look for in men. Um. Just trying to help, like, Rachel. No, Just please, to help. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this can only end poorly. So far, all my advice has ended in graveyards, so maybe yeah, move on. Yeah, <laughs> what the heck. So I'm go- I am. I'm going to move on, but uh, it's about to get a little bit gruesome. Okay. Just Trigger a, warning. Just, just a little. Just, just, a, just a scooch. Just a tad. So slaughter. Good. <laughs> Good transition. Yeah. Uh, the slaughter of water buffaloes is a very important important aspect of the funeral rites. It is believed that the more water buffalo that are slaughtered, the more quickly the deceased will be able to move on to the puya, which is their version of the afterlife. Do you know why? Basically, it's like... <laughs> this might be a bad way of putting it. Uh, horsepower. Like, okay. literally having more... A larger herd, like, just help push them along. Yeah, so it's like a stampede, and then you just get at the front of it, basically. Uh, I, well, I think maybe the back of it. <laughs> I think you wanna you wanna be behind them clearing. You don't oh, that's wanna true. Be, you don't wanna be cleared by them. 
But, you know, in order for uh, the, like, soul of a person to move on, it has to be with the souls of animals, not mm-hmm. the alive, right, as right. in living on Earth, animals. A high-status wealthy family may slaughter over 100 water buffalo. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And they cost about 10000 to $40,000 each. So that adds up pretty quickly. Yeah. And the slaughter usually begins with a bullfight to honor the deceased. And then an, appoint, an appointed person steps in and slits the throat okay. of the buffalo. And then the dead buffalo are beheaded. And their heads and carcasses are lined up in the field where they wait to take the deceased uh, to begin their journey. Okay. So they're, you know, kind of like laying in wait for the person to be ready to move on. Yeah. And uh, then the meat is used for the feast. Okay. So at least, yeah. Makes sense. So at least what? I was going to say it was resourceful, resourceful, <laughs> but I decided that was too dark. <laughs> it's not resourceful. That's not, I mean, that's it's not, not dark. dark. It's not dark. feels rude. To kill an animal for meat? You do that every time you eat chicken nuggets. <laughs> I don't like to think about it. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to pull a Ron Swanson here and say that more people need to look their food in the eyes and consider the circle of life. That's a no for me. I'll be a vegetarian <laughs> if we're going there. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> I do feel like I have the emotional makeup of a vegetarian. I just don't have the discipline of a vegetarian. What is the emotional makeup of a vegetarian? (laughs) We've just lost all of our vegan listeners. Please stay. I just like roasting Lauren. Hey, I'm with you. Stay for me. (laughs) So cockfights are also a very important aspect of the funeral, and they're considered Why did we choose to have a family-friendly podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say something there. I knew you were going to want to make a joke. Wait, wait, wait. The joke has been made in it not being made, okay? Rachel, let's not go there. This is a family-friendly podcast. You're the one who brought it up. Anyway, cockfights are also important and considered sacred because of the spilling of blood. Okay. Usually at least three chickens will be sacrificed, but it's not uncommon for there to be 25 or more cockfights during the ceremony, so that's 50 chickens. You are killing me. (laughs) I know. It's really... Should I, like, really draw out this discussion of cockfights? Probably. I think I should too. I think you should wait as long as possible to explain, like to use the word chicken. (laughs) (laughs) You want me to re-record that and just say cockfights like 20 times? Yeah. And like, don't ever, don't reference the chickens until the very end. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of cocks are sacrificed for this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm keeping that in. I don't care what you want. Like, I'm keeping That's that in. That's fine. Yes. This, you know what this is? <laughs> we bring up sitcoms a lot, but you know what this is? What is this, Rachel? This is when Michael is told that he has to clean up his humor yes and he can't say that that's what he can't say that's what she said Mm -hmm. and then jim is like wow that's really hard Mm -hmm. you think you can go all day long you always leave me satisfied and smiling that's pretty much our dynamic rachel (laughs) who's michael and who's jim you're michael i'm jim no no no, vice versa i'm michael you're jim (laughs) I, i don't know that there's like oh boy I don't know which way I don't it makes think me I, more uncomfortable. I don't think I'm Michael generally, but I think in terms of our actual dynamic, it's very Michael and Jim. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can understand that. I can I can get that. I feel like personality-wise, I'm more of a Dwight, but I guess that also <laughs> works. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know who you are? Who? You're Dwight and Angela's kid. Yes. I but, love that title. But like, you're Dwight and Angela's kid, but Dwight wasn't around to be the strict disciplinarian that he wanted to be. You really think Angela's not the strict disciplinarian in that relationship? <laughs> I figured it out. You were Dwight and Angela's kid, but they were too busy. Dwight was too busy. So I was raised by Michael Scott. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I was going to say you just weren't raised because... Moe's. Moe's raised me. 
gonna say that you weren't raised because Dwight was too busy working and Angela was too busy taking care of her cats. So I guess yeah. Most took care of everything on the farm. I think that would include me at that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. This has been a really long tangent. <laughs> so moving on All right. from that, I think that needs to stay in the past. But you know, stay recorded. When it comes time, we to- still honor it. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a. Uh, it's sacred, if you will. Mm-hmm. When it comes time for the burial, the coffins of adults are buried in a grave either carved from stone or they are laid in a cave. So like either in a cave or in a basically like a, a cliff face that okay. has little things, little graves. I can think of the word grave. Graves carved into it or their coffins are hung on the side of a cliff. Okay. Wow. I, yeah, I was expecting more of a reaction yeah, there. Wow, I just needed a second to process what you had just said to me. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw it in your eyes. I do saw you have pictures? Uh, yeah, I'm I very curious. I mean, I don't have them up on my laptop right now, but think of check um, out the Instagram. Think of like again the cliff face, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like two L brackets. Okay, okay. Do you know what an L bracket is? It's it's in the shape of an L. Yes, it's it a is. Metal piece. And it hangs <laughs> on the wall. Yeah, it yeah. hangs on the wall like this. So you, then you put the coffin onto it. Yes, it's okay. basically a shelf. That makes on sense. On the side of a cliff. <laughs> that would have been a much easier way to explain that, by the way. Yeah, but it, they don't sit on a shelf. They sit on, like, L brackets <laughs> without a shelf. Okay. Point taken. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we can make stickers that are like, let's move on, Lauren. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> L brackets. <laughs> Rachel, let's move on, Lauren. <laughs> they have to go together, though. <laughs> we'll sell them in a set. There we go. Anyway, but those are just the coffins of adults. So the coffins of babies or very young children are placed inside of a hollowed out space in a tree trunk. Mm. And the trees are believed to absorb the child's spirit. Oh, wow. I have pictures of a child grave tree. Actually, they're called baby trees. Uh-huh. It's very sad because there's like, it's, there's more graves than tree. Oh, wow. I will show it to you. That was really interesting. Well, that would also be on the Instagram. Uh, we'll see. I can only put so many pictures. Yeah. Um, and one of them will have to be a graphic content warning because I will put pictures of a dead body up there. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, you'll see why later. And then finally, uh, the last thing they, that they do in the ceremony is they make an effigy of the person who has died, either from wood or bamboo, and they're placed kind of like on a, a balcony. Okay. In front of the tomb to watch over the deceased. Oh, that's really cool. So an F- so an effigy of the deceased watches over the deceased. Oh. So like if I died mm-hmm. in this culture, then you would bury me mm-hmm. and next to my grave, you would put an effigy of me to watch over myself. Okay. Yeah. Noted. It's interesting. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Planning something? <laughs> now, finally, we get to the main point of the episode. The Menene ritual. Okay. This is a ritual that occurs every one to three years, mm-hmm. usually around the end of August. And this is the reason that the bodies are mummified. Okay. In, you know, in large part why the bodies are mummified. During this ritual, which roughly translates as the ceremony of cleaning corpses, the bodies of their loved ones are exhumed. Mm-hmm. And then the corpse is cleaned, changed into new clothes. And personal belongings may be put into the coffins as well. I literally saw somewhere that someone said that they change the clothes of their loved ones because the old clothes aren't a good look anymore. Oh, wow. Isn't that like when I, I mean, that's, it was, it was translated. Old, so that's actually kind of beautiful. Right? It was, it was translated. So I don't know if that's like an exact yeah. translation, but it's like, at first it's like, what the heck? And then I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. Yeah. I'm going to be in an old fit forever. 
I mean, unless you make plans otherwise. Mm, That's a good point, my friend. I will Mm. get on that. Once all of this has been done, the family will often take family photos with the cleaned and newly dressed corpse. Oh boy. Yes. Uh, I will show you pictures of this. There are a lot of pictures of dead bodies being handled with bare hands, Mm -hmm. uh, and it just looks very normal. That's very interesting. The only, like, precaution that they take is that some people will wear a mask because they don't want to, you know, like, breathe in. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we turn to dust, they don't want to breathe in their ancestors. The question that I wanted to ask you was, is there a certain number of years that bodies are actually like included in this process like is there a point where they're just laid to rest Hmm. the phrase that came to my head was is there an expiration date huh and i decided that was not the right phrase to use well you said it anyway so it's staying in the episode my friend (laughs) um not that i know of but from all of the pictures that i've seen and oh my gosh the amount of dead bodies that i have seen in the last 48 hours is insane yeah uh and not even all of them were mummified. Like, I, there were definitely some links that I clicked on that were like, if you want to hear more about cultures that treat death differently, click here. And I was like, oh, I want to click on that. And I was like, oh, that's someone being disemboweled. Oh, that's someone, that, that's, a, that's a tribe that eats their dead, and there's a photo of them eating their dead. Your search so, history terrifies me. Uh, it was a... Gosh, it was. It's it's been a couple days. Um, if if Rachel ever tells you to Google something, days. don't don't do it. No, Google it, but don't Google what I Google. Don't don't look like it was. Uh, Actually, the things you tell me to Google are awesome. Yeah, the things that you tell me that you Googled and I shouldn't yeah. Google, not awesome. No, I I do all of the like. I I tell you what to Google because I've already Googled it all and I tell you what's good. That's good. That's why you got to... I'm your filtration process. That's like the best reason to subscribe to this podcast is so you don't (laughs) have to see the things that Rachel has seen. (laughs) I see everything so that you can see the good stuff. I love that. And not disemboweled bodies. That's the most like emotionally honest thing you've said. What? (laughs) Disemboweled body? No. Well, I, wait, what like, I uh, like not emotionally honest just kind thing oh. that you've said well i can ha- i can like i can handle doing all that because you know once you've seen the photos of jeffrey dahmer's victims nothing affects you that was the first thing <laughs> that rachel told me to google no that no I, no, no, no that she told that she told me not to google i'm sorry that she told me that yeah. she had googled and i shouldn't google and i trusted her on that and i'm really grateful i did yeah because someone told me not to google it so i immediately googled it yeah i remember i Don't was there what was your original question? Um, Is there an expiration date? Yeah. From the photos I've looked at, I would assume that it's uh, just while the bodies are intact. Okay. I don't think I saw any where the bodies weren't intact. Actually, there was maybe one that had become a skeleton. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, I would I would assume it's at the point where you can't clean them and dress them anymore. That makes sense. But that's just a guess. It's also not uncommon to see the younger generations say like smoking with the body of their grandfather or taking selfies with the corpse of their dead great grandmother, which is really interesting because that is something that we as Westerners would generally view as very disrespectful, but it's actually really sweet. Right. Like, especially if it's a grandparent you didn't get to know, like to be able to almost build a relationship with them. Yes. That's that's, really cool. That's one of the things um, that... Yeah, that's, that's actually like my next point. Um, so they view this as a form of showing respect for mm-hmm. the deceased. This tradition is viewed as a way for people to honor their ancestors and for the younger generation to connect with their family history, kind of like you were saying. Um, it makes me think of, did you see Coco, the Pixar movie that came out a couple years ago? Uh, is kind of an answer. Watch it. Like I watched it when I was super sick. You should watch <laughs> it for real. It's very good. But anyway, there's a point where Miguel gets to go 
um, he gets to meet his like grandparents in I can't remember the name of it, which is horrible. But anyway, Miguel gets to build a relationship with his grandparents after they have died and like his whole extended family. Yeah. And it's really cool and really beautiful. So yeah. it kind of reminds me of that it is, concept. It is a little bit reminiscent of that. Yeah. Yeah. So like they get to connect with their family history and the ancestors that they might not remember or like you said, maybe even never met. It also helps to form their relationship with both life and death. Mm -hmm. So it reminds them that they are a part of a long line of people and of ancestors and that what is now is not what will always be. Right. One of the Torajan people explained it as like, my father is dead, but I'm here. So he's not really dead. Right. As if, you know, those who are dead kind of live on through the people who are alive. That's exactly like Coco. I also, I imagine that this also makes them more grateful and makes them kind of value their own life more mm -hmm. um you know especially if they see it as their ancestors living on through them it's kind of one of those things of like this is bigger than me yeah especially i feel like in western culture we just ignore death as much as possible well yeah we definitely do and this would be like these traditions are really cool and probably really emotionally healthy yes yes i mean that's pretty much like all the detail i have regarding this ritual um but like even though i don't share some of their beliefs about like ancestor worship and that sort of thing i do think that there's something really beautiful about this ritual and yeah. being able to embrace death um, and recognize your place in time and space like this mm -hmm. um like you know we as westerners like i i don't think we have a good relationship with death no we definitely don't we don't it's uh we don't have a good relationship with death because we don't have a relationship with death right it's something that's very like very hidden mm -hmm. uh you know very kind of like behind closed doors very hush hush yep but really like the reason that a lot of people don't like to talk about death is because it's uncertain. Mm -hmm. But really, death is the only thing that is certain. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I don't really necessarily have a, a super well-formed opinion on this, but I think that there are some things that we can learn from these people. Yeah, definitely. And just other cultures in general about accepting death and having a good relationship with death. And yeah. uh, who is the... Uh, which philosopher talked about a, a good death? Was that Socrates? Oh, oh. I don't you acted like you did. No, I remembered hopeful. what you said, and I don't remember who said it. Like, I, I remembered that conversation. I want to say it was Socrates, just because, you know, there was a lot of talk of death in that one. But yeah. uh, I might be wrong, you know, any professors out there, just ignore the fact that we've completely forgotten this, please. Because I, I think this is kind of an example of yeah. a good death. Like, this is, you know, kind of dying in the way that you want to die and dying in a, a peaceful way. To them, it isn't like... Death isn't the end all, mm. the be all end all. Like it's uh it's just a part of life. That's really cool. Yeah. So how's this make you feel? I think that this was really cool. I think when you told me the episode was gruesome and would not make me feel happy, I didn't know what to think about that, but it kind of did. Like I think it's really beautiful, honestly. Yeah. When you look past uh all of the animal slaughter and all of the discussion of me talking about how many dead bodies I've seen in the last 48 hours, yeah. it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I really want to put my crown back on. You should put your crown back on, but we have to end this episode first. Perfect. Mm. It's on top of my headphones now, and I kind of have to crouch down to speak into my mic because I can't really tilt my head. She looks very regal until you see her knees. She's like shaking as she's supporting herself. <laughs> They're not shaking. But Who are you going to believe, they listeners? They just crack. <laughs> All right, you guys need to come up with a name for yourselves so I can stop just calling you listeners or readers or whatever's coming to my head. Yeah, I mean, honestly... By this point, I'm sure you've noticed that we uh, we call you a different name every week. Uh, this week, it's honor students with imposter syndrome, as we have said a couple times. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's not going to stop. We're going to keep calling you that. Like, we're going to keep changing it every mm -hmm. week. But at the same time, 
we need something to refer to you by regularly. So this week, instead of asking for topic ideas, but, you know, do that too, we're going to ask you for name ideas. Mm-hmm. You know what, Lauren? What? I, where do you think we should have them do this? How are they going to get their name ideas to us? Well, I think there's a couple ways that we could do that, Rachel. Really? One thing we could do, we could have people follow us on Instagram and send us a DM. You know, I never would have thought of that. You never would have thought of that, never, Rachel? Never, never. And where can they follow us on Instagram? They can follow us at HyperFocusPod. Here's, okay, hear me out. Okay. What if they also followed us on Twitter? You That would be so crazy. That would be insane. That would bro. be amazing. What's our Twitter handle? That would be hyperfocus underscore pod. Okay. Here's a truly crazy idea. Mm-hmm. This one might be a little too out there. Okay. So, you know, tell me if you think this is a good idea. Okay. Okay. Um, What if they followed us on TikTok? I think that that would be really crazy. That would be at hyperfocus pod. It would be. It would it, it would be at Hyperfocus Pod. And you know what? I think three options isn't enough. I think we need to give them a fourth. Do you have any ideas? Well, I think we need some kind of a way for them to send me hate mail. Mm. I think that's really important. I think the love letters for you also really important. Yes. Where could yes. they do that, Rachel? I have one idea. What's your idea? What if they sent us an email? That'd be crazy. That would be That'd be insane. insane. <laughs> you know what it you know what it would be? What? It would be chaotic. It would be chaotic. So you know what you have to do? Send us an email at hyperfocuscast at gmail.com. And what would be even chaoticer would be spelling that correctly. Be the chaoticest and send us an email at hyperfocuscast at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. We love you. snap on that. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> we still love you. <laughs> Stay chaotic, babes. Yes, we do. You like you had you had a face. So I thought you sorry. were going to continue, uh, but you didn't. That's a- my face is incredibly unreliable. <laughs> you put that on a sticker. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.